0: Listen in as Steve and I dive deep on how continual focus creates chemical reactions in the brain that make you focus even more. Fascinating stuff. Are
1: you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the do zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe.
0: If you don't have time to do it right, when will you have time to do it over? John Wooden. DoZone Tribe, Josh Thomas. If you haven't already, check out Dozone.com for productivity tips, accountability, and overall, just a bunch of really great people looking to get more stuff done. Again, that's Dozone.com. Our guest today is... The one and only Mr. Steve Apodaca. He is a native Las Vegan, husband and father of four children. Twenty years married. He owns and operates an insurance brokerage with his wife and his 19-year-old son, where they focus on protecting mortgages from death and disability. He also recently took on a partnership with Phone Sites, an online site building and branding software company, where the focus is on helping businesses generate leads and increase their online presence. So Steve, say hello and what's up to the do zone and tell me something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of
2: hey do zone audience good to see or actually good to be with everybody thank you so much josh i appreciate it so the key to productivity in my mind is knowing your your why it's understanding what what you're doing and why you're doing it, and our bodies change on a cellular basis when we start going after those things, <clears throat> and eventually, in in my experience, those chemical reactions they end up fueling your your drive to the point to where sometimes it'll wake you up before your alarm goes off. You'll be in the middle of the night, and I, I call this your goals and dreams waking you up because you you're you're sleeping on them. And so uh, these reactions occur and, and a lot of people might just call that inspiration. But, but to me that that's just been the key for me is knowing the purpose of what I'm doing and really focusing on that. And the BIPOD product is that my, my body will, will get my butt in the gear.
0: Interesting. So, so you're saying that if you keep yourself focused, your body creates a chemical reaction that allows you to be more focused. Absolutely. That's, it's kind of, you know, the, if you just, if you want to be able to, you know, be a Super Bowl winning quarterback, you got to start throwing touchdowns.
2: Right. Right. (laughs) You got to throw a ball first, right? Yeah. You got to pick up the (laughs) ball. You got to start throwing the ball, you know, let's start with fundamentals. But if you think about it, if we're going to stick to that analogy, those people that, that tend to make it to the higher level, they, they had that, they had that, they knew what they wanted and they went after that. So that, that initial want is what caused them to say, you know what, I want to throw this ball so many times to where it's, it becomes natural. It becomes second nature. I've said this many times to people that I've hired in the past, Michael, there's actually better, there has been better players and always, and there will be better players than Michael Jordan. The only and, and I also believe that Michael Jordan wasn't born to be what he, what, what he became. I believe that Famously. Got cut
0: from his high school f- basketball team. And he will he, not he let did. him get ju- it.
2: And he just kept going, right. He could have just folded like a cheap, cheap lawn chair, like most people do. And this is why the people who are better than Michael Jordan are never talked about or heard of because they didn't do those things that Michael Jordan did. So I say that to say, you know what? Michael Jordan probably didn't have that dream initially. He probably one day picked up a basketball, shot it into a boop and one of two things happened. Either he made it and liked that feeling and said, you know what, I I wanna do more of it because human beings, we like to reward ourselves when we accomplish something and we want more of it. Or he missed it and said, I don't like those results and I'm gonna get better until I make it. And, and when we start accomplishing those things, then again, those chemical reactions start to start to occur. And then we want more of it. And I'm not saying it in a, in an addictive manner, although sometimes winning is addictive, but I'm just saying, you know, Michael Jordan had one of those two things, but either way, he just shot that ball so many times to where he eventually became what we know him to be as legend now, if that makes sense.
0: Well, it's, it's fascinating because we all understand. That in order to get in good shape, we have to go to the gym every day. Right. Uh, we have to take care of what we're eating every day. And, and when we see people that are fit, we know well, they're, they're working on themselves physically, but why wouldn't that transfer over to something mentally or emotionally? It makes, it makes perfect sense. I hadn't actually thought about it that way, but if you are not doing the mental exercise necessary. Your brain and your body is not going to reward you until you start doing that. And you make that a priority and a habit. That's correct. Agreed. Yeah. And one other, one other point about that, I was recently sitting in a room with Mike Dillard, for those of you who don't know who that is, he was one of the foremost network marketers in the world for the, the first part of this century. He has kind of graduated on to other epic things, but he was a huge influence on me. Mike, if you're listening, I'd love to have you as guest on the, on the podcast. But I was sitting in the room listening to him talk and he was mentioning something very similar where he said, you know, our brains are basically drug addicts and they are seeking that dopamine or endorphin hit. They're, they're looking for anything that they can to get that hit. Now, some people are wired to get that hit from positive things. And some people are wired to get that hit from negative things. And it's really hard to change your wiring. And some people, you know, Hey, I don't feel very good. You know, I'm kind of down, you know, I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to go buy some stuff that makes me feel better. I want to buy a car, I want to buy a house, something like that. You know, some people turn to drugs. Some people turn to alcohol, whatever it is that the, then there's this other group of people that get that adrenaline hit from improvement or saving, he was telling the story about, you know, he said his, his weakness was, was shopping. He said, when I feel bad, I go buy stuff. It makes me feel better. I get that dopamine hit in my brain and I'm good. And then there was, he was sitting down to dinner with some very wealthy people. And there was a guy that just closed a deal that was worth like a billion dollars or something. And, and he was sitting there like hemming and hawing over this like used Tahoe that he just bought. He's like, it's oh, a depreciating asset, man. You know, like, I don't know. I was trying to get a good deal. This is a guy that's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, but his adrenaline, his dopamine hit comes from finding a good deal and saving deals. Yeah. And it's yeah. fascinating because it's, it's what we focus on. And if we continue focusing on that, we keep doing those, you know, mental exercises, our body will become con- conditioned to that and respond chemically. Yeah,
2: yeah. And when we deviate from that, our bodies throw tantrums. And that's why it's because it's not familiar, right? Even uh, to your point, even if it's a bad addiction, the body's still addicted to it, right? And so for these people who want to, quote unquote, change their life and turn their life around, when they start to do the things that their body's not used to, the body will throw a fit. Some people call it a come down. Some people call it a detox. Some people, there's a lot of different terms that you identifiers for for, but either way, your body is, is not recognizing what you've been giving it for the past, however many days, weeks, months, or years. It's not used to it. And when you're changing it up, it throws a fit until you put it in check, I and mean, I'm glad that we're talking about a productivity, subject matter, because there's a couple of things that I've had to use to keep myself in check because, you know, they say the natural, natural man is, is an enemy to God, the <laughs> natural man has natural, carnal desires, and we, des- we seek pleasure as human beings, we seek comfort, we seek all things easy, right? And when things don't come in those forms and wrapped up the way we expected them to be, our body will then in turn react. (laughs) So a lot of these things like productivity, it's not fun. You know, being productive, being structured is not fun. It's not, it's not pleasurable. It doesn't, it doesn't release endorphins, at least for the, I'd, I'd assume for the grand majority of people, but the accomplishment beyond those things is really what what would cause those endorphins to, to be released and the, the addiction to be hitting. So yeah, Grant Cardone talks about it in his book, Be Obsessed or Be Average. To your point, there's people who are obsessed with the quote-unquote wrong things, and there are people who are obsessed with the quote-unquote right things. And so for a lot of people who might be struggling with those things, where you feel like oh, I'm struggling with these things that are bad, You're capable of doing it on the other side. It's just a shift you just be obsessed about the right things and you know, you'll achieve and accomplish those other things.
0: Yeah. And it's, and it's walking through, it's walking through that, that zone of discomfort that usually just destroys everybody. And uh, I'm really glad that you brought that up. I never know what anybody's gonna say when I ask that question and, and it's, it's led to this amazing conversation here. But you know, one more example, I I spent half my life smoking cigarettes. It was just like the worst thing I could do. And I wanted to quit for years, but I just couldn't because that zone of discomfort in my mind, whenever I would take one step into that zone, it's like, God, man, this is horrible. This is never going to end. I hate this. I'm going back. And I would go back and I would go back and I would go back until there was just this moment where I'm approaching like 40 years old. And there was just this moment where it was like, you know what, the pain of going through this zone of discomfort is lower than the pain of continuing to be where I'm at. And when I made that decision, I walked
2: through and I realized that zone of discomfort was actually very small. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a saying that I've used my very first mentor seven years ago. I heard him say it and I've actually, I put it in. I've written it down many times. I've spoken this many times, but the pain of change weighs almost nothing in comparison to the to the to the pain of you know people. I think about people who who go through their entire lives, and they might even be on their deathbed before they realize that they that they have a ton of regret. And imagine that the weight of that regret, knowing that they live their entire they. They can't go back. They can't turn back the wheels of time. They can't go back to fix those things, even though they knew in the back of their mind that something needed to change. Imagine that weight of regret. It weighs tons in comparison to making that change 30 years ago, five years ago, two weeks ago, a lifetime ago, and you didn't have that pain of regret. So yeah, the pain of change weighs almost nothing in comparison to the pain of regret
0: yeah absolutely yeah do zone tribe those those of you who are listening to this right now this is this is one of the most important lessons that you can learn and one of the most important thought processes that you can internalize that that zone of discomfort is tiny your brain is trying to convince you that it is insurmountable but your brain is designed to keep you in the comfort zone yeah that's absolutely right And if you would just walk through it, you would realize how short it actually is. Like, oh, I was able to, I was able to quit smoking and like, I just stopped, you know? I'm like, no, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. And then there was about three weeks where I was just like, (laughs) and it Mm -hmm. sucked. But then after those three, the first week was hard. The second week was like, this is horrible. And then the third week was like, it's not so bad, but it still sucks. And then after three weeks, it was like, oh, that was it. That's it. That was it. Like. Seriously, 20 years of my life, I, I, I I tallied it up one time and I believe that I spent more than $50,000 on cigarettes in my lifetime, you know, and, and how many years of my life was erased because I just couldn't deal with three weeks of discomfort, like how many years did I lose over those three weeks? And, and I, and I want you to think about this, take this and apply it to anything in life, it doesn't have to be about business or whatever, but. It's just, it's just easier for me to say, Hey, I quit smoking. I, you know, I used to be a drug addict or, you know, I, you know, I got in shape, you know, we understand those things, but if we can turn it into this mental exercise of what is that zone of discomfort for you getting up off your ass and going and do the thing that you need to do so that you can create the life that you want to create with your business, with your job. With that idea that you had last week that you didn't think anybody else would like. What is that zone of discomfort? I bet you it's tiny, but you have to go through and it's going to suck. But once you get on the other side of it, great things are going to happen.
2: Exactly. And, um, again, I'm, I'm super glad that you're choosing productivity as our theme here, because in order to accomplish those things, you have to be productive right hmm. even if it's in get, if it's getting in shape if it's self improvement if it's mindset if it's be have if it's relationship based if it's business based i mean really we all we all have a level playing field and I, and i'll be honest with you here for some people to say like let's say for example let's go back to the michael jordan example some people might say well he's just he's more physically gifted than me right or they have this that i don't have Which is complete BS because God doesn't, he's not flawed, right? He doesn't make mistakes with us. He would be an unjust God if he gave Josh, Josh Thomas better or different mechanics as a human being than he gave to me. So the, the, the level playing field here is that we're all created equal. We might have different outside circumstances, right? We're all, but we're all created equal and we all have the same 24 hours in a day. So the question becomes then, all right, well, what is it that you're doing during those 24 hours of their day? That's keeping you where you're at right now. Right? So again, I've hired over, I've hired over a thousand people in my career and, you know, it, it, it just usually comes down to those basic fundamentals of, well, when you hear stuff like, I don't have enough time in the day, you're sleeping eight. It, it might take one hour to accomplish some of those things that you need to get out of your rut. Hard, Arnold sleeping, Schwarzenegger would tell you to sleep a little faster. That's what I'm saying, right? So if you're sleeping 10 hours, well shit, even better for you, you have a, a lot more time than, than most others, right? most others, right? Well, I'm only sleeping six. Okay, so then let's find out what you're doing for the rest of those 20 or 18 hours throughout your daytime. And I, I can almost, actually, I'm not almost, I'm going to say, I can guarantee you that we will find in every single human, even all the way up to people like Elon Musk, that there are still gaps in people's day where they know innately that, the, you know, the, the ego is not going to allow them to share it outwardly, right? But innately, they know that we, can, we all know that we could be doing better with the 24 hour gift that we're given on a daily basis, right? So what I do, what I've done to help me out is I've structured myself. I have an A type personality. This is something that I had to, to painfully realize was that you can't just live your life like a, like a bag in the wind, willy nilly, and still expect to be productive for the things that you want. And so I, I kicked and screamed with it. I was like, no, my mind's good enough. I'll remember everything. I'll remember everything that I need to do and when I need to do it, but which is complete horse crap, but we, we trick ourselves into thinking that we're better than we really are. Right. Mm -hmm. We're at the same time as, as intricate as we are as human beings, we're still also basic, right? We're still almost predictable as human beings. So. What I've done is I, I am old school. I don't really do the digital. I, I have to use a digital calendar now that I'm, my schedule is just always packed. But what I did is I just wrote everything down in, a, in my planner every day. And the pushback that I've always gotten is that, well, you know, that's just too much for me. It's too structured. I feel like a prisoner. And that's, like your, you said, and, at- and, and that's your brain. Having a reaction saying,
0: Hey, that sounds uncomfortable and uh, we're cool over here. Like it's warm. I got a blanket.
2: There's popcorn in the microwave, you know, like, as you, as you mentioned, it, it takes about three weeks for you to, for your mind, for your mind and your body to wrestle and, and tussle, right? But then after that three or four week period, and I know, cause I went through the same thing when I did 75 hard challenge out from those first three weeks. I was like, holy Schneike, I don't know how this is going to work or wh- you know, what's going to happen. But after that 30 week period, I'm like, man, I can take on the world. Right. <laughs> so anyway, so it's for those people who might struggle with structuring your day, right, I like to, I like to call it bumpers. So if we, if we go bowling. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna give two analogies here. The, if we go bowling, you know how we have those bumpers where the gutters are, right? And so we have this bumpers here. And so I look at schedules like those bumpers, right? They can, they can kind of keep you focused in on a specific area. It doesn't have to be as narrow as the bowling alley, but at least there's something that's gonna help you from getting off track, right? The other analogy here would be like, if we're driving down the street, you know, that on the left side, so if we're going down the highway, let's say on the, you have a shoulder on the left and a shoulder on the right. And you have lines that delineate that, that like that boundary. Right. And so most of the times they're not, there's not barriers on those lines. You can, if you chose to, you can veer your vehicle off outside of those lines, but we know what happens as a result, right? You're going to crash your car. So I look at our schedules kind of like those lines, if you want, you can veer off of that, but just know that if you veer off of that schedule, you're going to have some, there's going to be some potential risk and danger, right? But as long as you can stay within those two lines, you have some wiggle room. So I kind of use my schedule as like those lines on, on the shoulders, on the both the left and the right shoulders of the freeway. And I say, okay, so as long as I can fit everything that I need to do, uh, pro- everything that I need to do to be productive within those boundaries, within those bumpers, then I'm going to be okay. Right. And so just think, and for those people who might be thinking that it's a restriction, no, it's not. Re- having those lines on the road is not, not a restriction. Having those lines is just a guide to say, Hey, if you stay inside these lanes, you, you're going to be safe. You're going to get to your destination, right? And so I I, I, I for those who struggle with that, just kind of think of that analogy. Like, you know what? Uh, having a schedule might not be fun at first, but at least it's going to kind of keep me on the straight and narrow to where I don't veer off and, and crash and burn.
0: Yeah, well said, well explained. I appreciate that. The lines on the road are not a restriction. They're just a guide to help you get there safe. Yeah, awesome. And so you... <laughs> I, I like the way you think, Steve, and, uh, I know we could, we could dive super deep on how you got where you are, but to, just to kind of, kind of keep it moving forward here. Let's take a look at our, our Do zone diagnostic. Are you ready? Sure. Awesome. So first question I have for you, what is the one thing that you do that helps keep you focused on your goals?
2: It's the daily schedule. Hmm. It's again, it's not fun, especially, so I, I, I have, I do it the night before, before the, the The next days, the next day comes up. So typically on Sunday nights, I'm kind of doing a pre-plan for the week ahead. I'm checking the schedule, see what's already on there. And then what's where the gaps are at. I fill those things in with other things that are going to lead me toward my goal. So if I have a gap, let's say I have a two hour gap in between appointments. I don't just leave it blank. You know, we've heard Grant Cardone say white space is the enemy, right? And so I might look at a gap in my calendar or my schedule and and I say, okay, so what else am I missing? What else can I be doing that's going to get me closer to my goal? And I'll fill something in there, even if it's sitting down and brainstorming on an idea that I might need to be productive or to to in relation to my business, whether it's a follow-up with a client, maybe I haven't spoken to some people in a while, I'll catch back up with them. But either way, whatever's inside those bumpers is going to be in relation to the task at hand right and so so i i i use that and then at the night before i just review it i review the font, the 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 next day that's coming up again i still look for gaps and then i fill in those gaps and what that does is again we talk about chemical reactions It's the last thing that was on my mind before I went to sleep. Now, obviously I have conversations with my wife and my children. We do family prayer and things like that. But either way, that was one of the last things that was on my mind before I went to sleep. And what happens is when my eyes opened, my subconscious was working on those things when I went to sleep. So my subconscious is at work at night. When I wake up, the reticular activation system is on and it's, since it's still fresh in my mind, I'm already on focused on what I need to do, right? Aside from my morning routine, which is I do a, uh, you know, a pr- I do a prayer. As soon as I get, as a matter of fact, uh, like clockwork, I get up, I hit the water dispenser, I have a water dispenser. I get a full glass of water. I drink it, pray, meditate, work out. And then I'm hitting that schedule. All right, what do we got to do? And then it's off to the races. Nice. And and what do you do, Steve, to get back on track
0: whenever you lose that focus? Because it does happen to all of us.
2: Yeah, it does. Well, first I throw a tantrum like a child like, dang, how did I, how did I not do that? Right. So, but this is, that's a personal thing, right? I, I tend to verbally beat myself up. I don't really have, you know, I didn't grow up with, with, with parents who helped me with those things, who guided me and led me and things like that. And so when I had my last epit, life defining epiphany on what we talked about earlier, like I, I felt like I pissed away a lot of my life. And so once I made my life defining decision, I had to become my, my strongest coach, my, my strongest cheerleader and my hardest coach. And so some, sometimes I I tend to like get on myself, like, Hey, what are you doing? Do you really want your goals bad enough? Well, you're dropping the ball here. So I guess what I'd say is I just have a, I have a self locker room talk. Whenever I catch myself slipping up or missing some things as a coach would do, you know, if, if a coach sees a player on the field or the court and they kind of maybe mess something up or missed something or forgot something or had a mishap. They usually will pull that, that person to the side after the game or during the game, during timeout or something. They'll say, Hey, look, you know, I saw, you know, where you did X, Y, Z, or you failed to do X, Y, Z, you know, you know, shape it up or do better next time, or maybe next time you should do this, or you can do that, but just know that you're, you could be doing better. So in my case, I, I, usually, I don't normally go to the mirror, but if you do the, the proverbial thing is you look in the mirror and you have that talk with yourself And, uh, you kind of keep yourself in check that way. If, if you're willing to do that, not a lot of people like to talk to themselves or go inside and self-reflect that scares a lot of people. But in my case, I didn't have, I don't have a physical person to do that. My wife doesn't do it as much as she loves me. It's not her job to do it. So, so in that case, I, I do take self responsibility to, to, to kind of keep myself in check. So
0: speaking of support, who is your support group and, and how do they keep you accountable?
2: So my wife is more of a moral support, you know, Hey, I got a, my beat. My husband's a beast go, babe. Right. We have our defined roles as a partnership and those are already clearly defined and set. And so she does her thing as, um, you know, running the household. But in re- in relation to other things outside of that, it's, it's my syndicate. It's my family of choice. It's those people, the like-minded people that I've chosen to fit inside of those 24 hours. Right? So if we have a pie chart of 24 hours, you have to fit sleep, family, self-care. I mean, once you fit almost all of your non-negotiables in there, there's only a little slice and sliver that's open for you to fit other things in. Right. Mm. And so in this case, I'm very meticulous in who I fit into that little wedge of time of the big pot pie chart. And that's typically going to be my family of choice. People like, like Josh Thomas other entrepreneurs, solid people. And I do, I have a heavy vetting process before I allow people into that 24 hour period. But once I do, that's usually what kind of helps me stay accountable. I jumped into a- mastermind Apex. To me, that was me getting out of a small pond and jumping into an ocean where I have now room to expand. It makes me feel uncomfortable to be around people who are winning at a higher level to the point to where I need to grow. Right. We know that koi fish, they stay the same size of the bowl that they're in. Hmm. So if we put that koi fish in a big pond, those suckers get huge, right? If not, they stay, they stay where they're at. And so in my case, because I have goals and aspirations to, and I, and, and I, I have high standards for fulfillment. I seek others that are doing that, that have done it before me and that are willing to open up and share those things with me. Yeah.
0: Well said, and and where do you draw the line, Steve on? what to do and
2: what to delegate. Ooh, that's a good one. That's, that's hard for me. So I'm going to get vulnerable here and it's hard for me because I have been accused of being a perfectionist, which means that I've had the mantra of, if you want shit done, right, you do it yourself. So I feel like I've been let down many times in my life. And so it's been really hard to then delegate certain things that I know that I can do effectively, but I do, and I understand the importance of it. And, and what I've done at least to remedy that is I I've hired a VA and I've given my VA tasks, kind of tests and tasks on the small mundane things that not only that I don't like or enjoy doing anymore, right, but also to kind of test and see what they're going to do let's let's put a captain in the ship and see if they're seaworthy right we'll see what they can do so in that case you know it's just delegating the the mundane things and how i determine that is as asking myself hey is this worth it right is it worth let's say I, you pay 20 bucks an hour right well if i'm worth 500 bucks an hour and i'm doing a 20 hour 20 an hour job i am now costing myself Right. I'm costing myself more importantly, time, not just money because time is the money. But if I spend an hour or two hours on something that I could have paid somebody 40 or 50 bucks to do, I just did myself and others around me a, a disservice. I did my family a disservice by wasting time that I could have spent on them. I, I did my, my, my business a disservice by doing things where I could have been helping expand them. So as far as determining which tasks to dele- to delegate. I would just for, in my experience, again, I don't run businesses with mul- multiple employees. All of my agents are all 1099, you know, it's a volunteer army. And so, you know, based on the experience that I have in relation to at least paying somebody an hourly, on an hourly basis, I've just started off with some of the mund- I just call it mundane. It's things that normally people are getting paid a, a, fraction of the cost because the problems that they're solving, isn't as hard as the ones that I'm having to solve in order to, to progress the business. Yeah. Well said.
0: And the last question for you, what's the number one pro tip that you would give to somebody looking to get more stuff done in less time?
2: Ooh, number one, God. Number one, uh, wake up earlier, wake up earlier. Yep. E- even if you don't know what to do. And I've challenged a lot of people with this and cause a lot of people they'll wake up and you're, and if they don't really have anything scheduled or to do, guess what happens? Your mind gets really loud. You know, you could be sleeping, you could be doing this, you could be doing that. And so I would encourage you, even if you don't have anything to do, just wake up, shut your mind down, make it sit like a dog. Like, no, you sit, sit there and shut up. Even if there's nothing on the agenda, if you quiet your mind and you get it to sit still, you tame it, you're going to allow that headspace to where now divine inspiration can come in and say. Oh, you know what? I've been meaning to do XYZ for so long. I have now I woke up early. I have now a 2 hour window before all the other stuff happens. I'm going to start doing that, right? If it's maybe they're sitting they're sitting there in silence and you might think, you know what? I've been thinking about losing some weight. I can take these 2 hours on a daily basis and I can fill in gym time with that, right? Mm-hmm. I've been meaning to read books, right? I want to read uh, you know, 52 books in a year like Forbes says. Well, I just freed myself up two hours to do that. Right. So I would suggest as a start, just on a, on, on a step one basis, waking up earlier, even if you work graveyard and you normally wake up at 2 PM, wake up at 12 PM. Right. I'm not saying you have to wake up. Most people say, well, the majority of the one percenters wake up at four thirty AM. I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm just saying whatever hour you normally wake up, just give yourself another, another hour or two hours, spend that time on you and you only, and the rest of the things are going to fall into place. Whether it's business, marital, as a parent, self improvement, weight loss, whatever the case may be, just give yourself enough time to, you know, to fit that into your schedule.
0: Awesome, I I love that, and I agree with it, and I hate getting up early, and so I'm going to begrudgingly do it, and then I'm going to, you know, the first thing that I do every morning when I you know I get up and I'll be like.
2: Steve, Uh, then after that, after I throw a fit and I yell at you for a minute, then I'm going to start taking care of it. Check your mind. That's it. Just put it in check. It's got to sit, stay still because our mind is, it could be our, our worst enemy. It could be our best friend or our worst enemy. And so once we can practice and and learn to overcome our own domain and we fit it in with productive things that are gonna progress us as a human. I'm not saying productive, just like a checking the box off thing. I'm saying what's going to cause you to become a better husband, spouse, father, friend, partner, business owner, human being, and fit that into wherever you can fit it because anything else, it's gonna cause regret in the future. Yeah, man. So
0: just kind of transitioning here a little bit, speaking of transitions, you recently made a transition. You, you built a nice life and career for yourself as an insurance agent, and uh, you recently had another opportunity to kind of pivot again. So, so talk to me a little bit about what you're doing and, and who, who is it for? And how have you, how have you kind of handled that with all of the skills that you've picked up?
2: Yeah, sure. So I actually, so now I took on a partnership with phone sites under Ryan Stuman. we're basically expanding. So if you think about like, oh gosh, Subway, right? Subway, I, I think it was like 20. 13 or 14, the same time that Subway at uh, the same time that McDonald's made an announcement that they were going to remodel all of their restaurants to make it look like a home and a, and a kitchen. So families can go eat dinner there because they had already conquered the breakfast and the lunch market. Right. So they, they needed more families to go there during the, during the dinner hours. So what they did is they decided we're going to remodel. We're going to make this place look like a home. And so they started coming out with these soft colors, the nice pictures in the wall, things like that. Well, at the same time, Subway announced that they were going to expand. It eventually came to the point where now Subway's at like airports, they're in like gyms, they have kiosks everywhere. I mean, they, they just wanted their, they just wanted to get out there. Right. Well, eventually Starbucks, or I'm sorry, Subway ended up becoming the largest chain in the world. Right? So two companies made a decision. One said they wanted to expand. One said they wanted to just change. And the one who expanded is the one who actually became the king, right? Hmm. So I, I, I say all that to say fault type is following the same route. We are do very well in the small business market. And what we're doing is we're just expanding this out to an enterprise level where we're going to now start offering solutions to bigger, bigger, larger workforces. Now, the reason why I did that is because I was the first a consumer. I used phone sites for my insurance brokerage. I used it for productivity. I've, I've made, I've used phone sites to create things like accountability forms or like an accountability system, training system, obviously for generating leads, sales pages, digital business cards. I mean, anything that you can think of. And I did this because it, it was for, it was on a budget. It was simplicity. I needed something that would work for me and my brokerage on a budget basis. It foot all of those things. So I was already a consumer. And when the opportunity arose for me to now reciprocate what I have done to help grow my business for other business owners, I wanted to jump on that. So he opened up the door, I kicked it down and here we are now. We've got a lot of cool things in the pipeline here. I'm not at liberty to to discuss, but we're basically, we're providing solutions to small bit to actually to all business owners here. And very soon we're going to put ourselves about five to 10 years ahead of everybody else. And it's only coming in the form of providing solutions, right? It's providing benefits, it's solving problems for people that either they currently have, or they just don't foresee they're going to have. And so, so that's, that's what we're doing with, with phone sites. Did that kind of answer your question or did you want to yeah. talk to you about? Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, it's great. And so, so for anybody listening who, who may not be so familiar, you went through a, a list of all the different features, benefits but if you could just describe phone sites in, in a sentence or two for somebody that's maybe just never even heard of it, what is it?
2: So phone sites is a, it's a drag and drop page builder and it's the fastest from, from, from basically scraps to market. You can literally create a website in a matter of like minutes, five to 10 minutes. You have an idea on something that you want to, you know, a, a problem that you want to solve, right? So And let's, I'll keep this insurance-based because this is what I use it for primarily. So in in insurance, there might be diabetics who might feel like they can't get insurance, right? Somebody who might have some subpar health. Well, I might have an idea and say, well, you know what? I have a solution for diabetics that they might not know. And so, ah, I can make a website that says, hey, diabetics, I've got a solution for you to get coverage. And it's not gonna cost an arm and a leg. Process is simple. You know, fill out this form and I'm going to provide a solution to you, a benefit to you, right? And so in order to make that site, it would probably take me less than 30 minutes to put all the, the, the wording in and then structure it and then put a form fill in. And then now all I have to do is take that site and put it onto social media. Maybe run an ad if, you, if you're into running ads, right? But me, I, t- I took a, an organic method that Ryan Stuman teaches called building your machine. And I was able to just utilize free service, you know, free social media. I would put the message out there that I have a solution for somebody, right? And so if it's a real estate agent, you might have a solution that your competition doesn't really like to talk about or, uh, or say, or give, you know, in your case, you deal with people looking for multi-homes and things like that. And so you might have a specific niche of people that you have a solution for. And it's easy to just go ahead and create that solution on an online basis, online presence, and you share that with with people. Now you have a vehicle to collect that data. So I know you asked for a small small answer. I went a really long winded, but it but I like to paint a picture too. So you,
0: you got a, you got a lot to say, man, and that was very yeah. clear. I appreciate that. And so and so basically, the idea here is you can whip out your phone and have a site within a few minutes, and, right. and just and you don't need coding skills or design skills or anything like that, okay? awesome, I can drag. And so who in our audience would this be appropriate
2: for? So if anybody uses a business card <laughs> or has used business cards in the past, this is for you. We have now entered into the digital business, mar- business, business card space. We have solutions like the, the, the NFC card tap where you can now tap somebody's phone pulls up all of your information for them to either be imported into their phone or pulls up your, 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 your information on the information that you created. So if you, if you use business cards or currently use them, this is for you. If you own a business where you need people to get eyeballs on you, whether that's a landing page an information page an education page, you know, if you're driving sales, if you have an incentive to give away. Hell, even if you are having a child and you want to announce the birth of that child, you can make a site. If you want to create a baby registry for your uncle, you can create a site for that. If you're a real estate agent and you're about to list a home, you take some pictures of that and you list it and you can put this out there under the market. So honestly, I, I know for a lot of businesses, they say, well, I'll take somebody with a pulse, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do if, if you're breathing and you have a phone number, give me your information, but in this case, The possibilities are really endless, but we've just focused primarily on business owners because a lot of business owners, you have to think about it, marketing can be expensive. Advertising is expensive for a lot of people, right? So this is just a economical way to accomplish those things. Um, but the ease of use is really what's, you know, the game changer for a lot of people, because a lot of small business owners, they don't either want to pay a lot of money for that or like in my case, they don't trust people, right? So they want to create their own stuff. And so this is going to be the vehicle for them. Excellent. And so,
0: so where can we go to learn more about that and connect with you?
2: All right. So if you want to connect with me personally, you can do uh, highlight Dot com forward slash Apodaca, my last name, A P O David and David ACA. So if you go there, that's my digital business card. It's got uh, ways to find me. It's got my phone number, my calendar. It's got all of my phone sites and my insurance brokerage information. So if you're just looking for a one-stop shop to find out who I am, you can go there. Otherwise, insurance related, it's riseupbrokerage.com. And then obviously with phone sites, Phonesites.com, but if you want to just speak to me uh, personally about any of those things before you pull the trigger, I know a lot, of, a lot of the times we need to be vetted, we need to be verified before people are comfortable with us. I know people like to know, like, and trust who they're working with. And so you can either find me in, in the highlight.club or you can just find me on Facebook under Steve Apodaca, A-P-O-D-A-C-A. Got it, so that's highlight.club, you said? Dot club. All right, forward
0: slash Apodaca. A P O D A C A. Correct. Is that is that kind of one of those online? Oh, okay, got it. Cool. So, man, I really appreciate this. I I had no idea where this conversation was going to go. We know each other, and I I know that everything that you say is pretty much fire. So, I really appreciate you coming on and and talking about the thing that really jumps out to me. And, and always has is, is what's happening in your brain and how are you feeding your brain? Just kind of going back to that initial conversation. So Steve, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate you. Love you, Josh. Excellent. So, Hey, we're going to wrap up from here. Uh, Steve Apodaca, if you're interested in learning more, you can go to highlight.club forward slash Apodaca. And just, just in case, can
2: you spell that one more time for us, Steve, the whole thing? Sure. Highlight H I L Y T E dot club forward slash a p is in paul o d is in david a c a apodaca not abac- abracadabra not walk a flock or apple daiquiri,
0: <laughs> very well excellent and then for those of you who are interested if you're an entrepreneur and you're interested in learning more about phone sites you can go to phonesites.com right steve phonesites.com forward slash steve Or forward slash Steve. So you can connect directly with Steve on that. And uh, if you are a busy entrepreneur, one last thing, uh, and you're looking to get to the next level, please head over to thedozone.com and you can get some more productivity tips, tools, and strategies. You can also join our Facebook group of the same name. Until next time, remember, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with yours?
1: I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go. Need some help with accountability? Are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you? Join the DZ tribe for free by visiting the We're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done. Oh, one more thing. See you next time.